Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world on TalkStream Live, the Paranormal Radio app, and thefringe.fm, or the Fringe FM application that you can download for free to your mobile device. If you missed any of our past episodes or if you'd like to listen to those shows again, whether with our guests or with the research that I compile Monday through Friday here on the show, you can visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. And you'll be able to find our full show archive on the website along with all of our montages there's a whole montage archive on the website with my digital books and pages for each one of the books. If you'd like to look at those books and perhaps purchase a copy, we have soft cover copies of those books. I have them here in studio. They are now self-published, and I can autograph them if you'd like. The books are Occult Arcana, The Technological Elixir, which we discussed in great detail last week, and Food Philosophy. Those books, again, are on the website with the archive and everything else, including our affiliate sponsors, Pro One Water Filters. Thank you to all of you who have been purchasing some products from Pro One Water Filters. I just finally got back the monthly profit sharing, and uh, we sold a handful of water filters, which is fantastic. I'm honestly more sincerely happy that people have been buying things to purify their water, more so than I am the the $91 that uh, we made off of it, which just obviously goes right back into the show. And uh, we hope that uh, you'll go support Pro One Water Filters like you do the Secret Teachings and the Fringe FM because they have some really great products that can, I think, benefit you, your family, your friends. I mean, I think they make great gifts, water filters. Maybe it's a travel filter. Again, Pro One Water Filters. The link is on our website at thesecretteachings.info. They don't pay me to say that, but... I am a big fan of water filtration. I'm a big fan of eliminating and attempting to reduce my exposure to processed products and things that I would outright classify as poison, whether it's in excess or it's because of a literal classical kind of a poison and that of a chemical or something to that effect. In fact, if you define the word poison... Poison is a, quote, substance that is capable of causing the illness or death of a living organism when introduced or absorbed. By that definition, if you eat too much sugar or drink too much beer, poison could be the result. Now, poison can be described as an irritating substance. It doesn't always have to kill you. It could damage your body. It could impair your bodily activity. It could damage something as seemingly simple as skin tissue. We think of a chemical burn, something that we can visibly see on the skin. We might think of poison as 
rat poison or something we spray on cockroaches. But the definition of a poison is therefore very similar to that of a disease. It relates to a disorder of structure of function that produces specific signs or symptoms or that affects a specific location of the body. What we classify as disease, based on loosely defined symptom complexes, is actually more like the definition of a poison. It's one thing to try and identify and find casual relationships between particles and specific diseases that, again, are classified by symptom complexes that are very similar. It's another thing to not really have to find a casual relationship, but to find a direct relationship. Go drink a gallon of bleach. Go drink one of the cleaning products under your sink. Don't actually go do it. But if you did that, you'd get very, very sick. And you might die, depending on how much of you drank and what exactly it is that you did drink. Again, don't go drink those things. But if you were to go drink those things and you went to the hospital nowadays, you might be diagnosed with a respiratory disease. You might be diagnosed with a respiratory disease because you smoke, because you vape. Because you do any number of things that expose you to toxic fumes, chemicals, things that are vaporized, metals, etc. that get into the lungs, that rip the lungs apart, that damage the sensitive components of the lungs, that irritate the respiratory tract in general, the throat, the esophagus, the mouth, the tongue, very sensitive parts of the body. Essentially, the whole body is very sensitive. It's incredible the body works the way that it does in sync with itself, even when you do subject it to minor amounts of poisoning. But that is what a poison is. And very much like the word virus, the word virus comes from the Latin for a slimy liquid poison or noxious substance. What we classify as disease, therefore, and likewise stems primarily from poisons interacting with living organisms. In other words, That viral particulate that is casually identified as being the cause of symptoms, symptom complexes, and disease is often not what causes you to get sick. What causes you to get sick is an accumulation of toxins in the body. Some might call it a cancerous tumor when the body grows cells that are essentially dead around a poison in the body that can be broken open by a biopsy. Now, I can tell you right now, I don't have a medical background. I didn't go to medical school. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm just reading what doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals have published. I'm reading the dictionary. And I'm trying to come to a logical, common sense-based conclusion, or at least I'm trying or attempting to make an observation that is based in common sense, on what exactly poison and viruses and bacteria have in common and what exactly it means to be diseased or to be sick. It's a new study that came out. You might have seen it. It's all over the internet. It's on CNN over the weekend. Uh, Last week, it was being talked about on some radio shows, news segments, all throughout last week, all over the weekend. I pulled up the most mainstream news article I could find with the curiosity of, I thought that was already 
socially, culturally, and scientifically confirmed, what I'm about to share with you. But then it's reported as if it's a new finding. And I wondered, why would they report this as if it's a new finding? And it only took me about four or five sentences in the article to figure out why this was reported. It's obviously for extremist political purposes, and it has nothing essentially to do with science because we already knew these things. But here's the headline from CNN Health. Synthetic chemical in consumer products linked to early death study finds. Synthetic chemicals that you've probably heard about here on this show called phthalates. They're found in hundreds of consumer products like food storage containers, makeup, children's toys, shampoo, etc. Scientists have estimated in a new study to contribute to roughly 100,000 premature deaths every year among people, and I should say just among people, ages 55 to 64. And that's just the premature death that they're estimating, between 91 and 107,000 premature deaths. For those that are younger than 55 years old, phthalates can do a lot more devastating damage And I say a lot more devastating damage in relation to death because once you die, we assume the suffering is over. But if you're alive and you are exposed to phthalates and you suffer risk and injury as a result from exposure, the effects can be more than biological and physiological. They can be psychological. Just based on the number of premature deaths, the study estimated that About 40 to 47 billion dollars a year are lost in economic productivity in the United States as a result. Phthalates, outside of causing premature death, of course, interfere, and this is a well-known fact, with the body's mechanism for hormone production, known as the endocrine system. They're, of course, and I say that in all capital letters, of course linked to developmental, reproductive, brain immune and other problems with the body. And that's also according to the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences. It doesn't really take a highly intelligent or a mildly intelligent person to understand this, that mainline science, mainline everything, has acknowledged that phthalates are very dangerous, that they interfere with the reproductive system, that they, and young baby boys, can cause genital malformations, undescended testicles, and in older males, sperm count that is uh, sperm count that is lower, as well as lower testosterone levels. They also contribute greatly to obesity. They contribute greatly to things like asthma and cardiovascular diseases and cancer. And there's a lot of reasons for that, probably because if you're obese or if you have asthma or if you have a cardiovascular issue, you probably have a very poor lifestyle anyway. You're probably using things that are riddled with phthalates and you're probably more exposed to them. There's other ways than just simply saying this product, this chemical, this toxin is linked to something. It might be linked to it, but there's other environmental and lifestyle factors for why it might be linked to it. And that's a really important distinction to make when we look at things like this. So it's well known that phthalates cause these problems. It's not debated unless you talk to someone in the industry in the industry that utilizes phthalates for PVC plumbing, vinyl flooring, uh, rain-resistant products, metal, uh, metal, uh, medical tubing, uh, things like that. Um, they use them in children's toys. They use them 
mostly in plastics, to prevent the plastic from breaking when it's bent. So it's basically a, 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 a thing that's used to make f- plastics more flexible. Now, of course, the industries that use them say that these studies just are in inconclusive, that they're inaccurate. Uh, Aline Connolly from the American Chemical or Chemistry Council, representing the U.S. chemical plastics chlorine industries, said much of the content within this latest study, I'm paraphrasing, is, quote, demonstrably inaccurate. She said, studies like this fail to consider all phthalates individually and consistently ignore or downplay the existence of science-based authoritative conclusions regarding the safety of high molecular weight phthalates. Once again, we don't need to listen to this study or to its refuting to understand that phthalates are dangerous, that phthalates are toxic, that phthalates interfere with the body's natural systems. However, this lady, Aline Connolly, is also correct. Studies like this don't necessarily look at the individuality of the phthalates. However, you could also say that if a study did look at the individuality of the, of the phthalates, it wouldn't be looking at them collectively. So if the industry produced a study that said these individual phthalates are not dangerous, you could equally refute it by saying that we didn't compare those phthalates in the study together to see what happens when you combine them. What happens when you combine them like any other drug, any other chemical with other chemicals, with other environmental factors, things that aren't really reproducible in a laboratory. This is where it becomes very convoluted and very controversial. But nevertheless, it is demonstrable that phthalates are poisonous, that they are dangerous, that they can cause death that is premature. The Centers for Disease Control doesn't need to assume or suggest or imply that these things are dangerous. You can go to the CDC's website, type in phthalate fact sheet, and you can see how people are exposed to phthalates. You can see what kind of effects phthalates have. And although the CDC is very, very restrictive on what they will acknowledge due to the power of industry, it's well known that phthalates are breathed in through contaminated air. They are drank and they are consumed with the foods that we eat. They also can be absorbed once we come into contact with plastic. Now, this is something that we can, not that we're, not that we're going to taste the phthalate, but something that we can eat, we can drink, we can breathe it in. We contact plastic every single day. 100,000 roughly premature deaths every year. Low sperm counts. Things like reproductive problems. Things that are very provable that affect every single one of us. Where's the health concern? Why did this study even get the kind of attention that it did? Well, because if you read the article, it's all about climate change and how plastic is bad for the planet, not how phthalates are dangerous to humans. And we're going to expand on this and what this means with some other topics tonight here on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable, the music White Bad Audio. Stay with us. We'll be back. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and like my show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and U.S. Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something astounding with you. It's no mistake that Delta equals four numerically, and that with its three sides equals seven, the number of revelations that heralds the apocalypse to build a new kingdom on the ashes of the old. The new kingdom is not firstly God's, though, but a false prophet who will be crowned, the Corona. His kingdom is seven years long, but it's cut in half. Delta means change and authority and conveys a deep meaning in holding the eye of God and his infallible name Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. It's no mistake C images of SARS-CoV-2 have little triangles or that delta waves place people into a diseased, unstable state of mind. It's no mistake the biggest global conspiracy is one of depopulation, that its logo is supposedly a triangle, and that delta extracted from the Norse Volknut means fertility. These are the patterns that we see and the observations that we make on The Secret Teachings Radio, five nights a week broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us rdgable at yahoo.com. 
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting Monday through Friday, five nights a week, right here on The Fringe FM. We're looking at this new study on phthalates, synthetic chemicals in consumer products, from children's toys to shampoo to plastic containers that you use for food storage and other things. It makes the plastic more malleable. You can bend it easier without breaking. And according to new research, 91 to 107,000 people die prematurely every year, ages 55 to 64 in the United States, from exposure to these synthetic chemicals. For those who don't die, the suffering is probably worse, considering that exposure to phthalates is known to cause genital malformations, undescended testicles, lower sperm counts, testosterone levels that decline. It is also associated with, as a result of lifestyle, as a result of diet, as a result of the selection or the lack of selection, just the blind purchasing of chemicals and products for using in the kitchen, for using to clean the home, for using to wash your clothes, Phthalates are therefore directly connected to obesity, to asthma, to cancer, to cardiovascular issues, etc. Phthalates are known to interrupt hormone production in general to interfere with the endocrine system. Despite the fact that this is well known, this new study confirming what has been well known has been published by CNN and others as a story because it seems as if The real concern isn't about the phthalates. The real concern is about what the phthalates are in. Because the phthalates are typically in plastic. And they make sure to tell you that at the beginning of the article. That plastics are dangerous to the human body. And that they are dangerous to the environment. And that we should, as a result, work on eliminating plastics. I don't work for the plastic industry, but plastic serves a very beneficial purpose. However, things like phthalates and other chemicals that are in plastics do not. So do we try to find a balance between plastic and what is practical, what is necessary? Or do we ignore all of it? Or better yet, why would anybody be concerned about phthalates when we have bigger and more dangerous and more deadly things to be concerned about, like a certain respiratory disease. Phthalates kill hundreds of thousands of people a year. This is just the phthalate. This is something that you have in your home right now. I have it in my home, and I'm aware of it. I'm not even exactly sure what it's in, but I would imagine it's in... Most of the stuff I own, even if I purchase things that are, generally speaking, chemical-free or less harsh, maybe even like my cotton sheets that are organic on my bed, I'm sure there are phthalates in uh, most of the radio equipment that I have. I'm aware of that. I'm attempting to make you aware of that, but my big issue tonight is not so much the phthalate, It's that when there is concern over a chemical, when there is concern over some kind of poison or toxin, 
where you see those articles online about the FDA says you shouldn't eat this food if it's been in your freezer or something to that effect. You, you might wonder why, even though there is attention drawn to the subject, it's not, especially when there's people dying and people that are having reproductive and other effects on their body from exposure to these things, why isn't this a nightly news story every night? Why isn't there a case count on CNN, who published this article in particular, phthalate deaths in the United States, they keep ticking upwards. As of October 2021, we've had 86,000 phthalate deaths, premature deaths, just 55 to 64. Why is it that CNN isn't using a tracker to determine infertility or maybe testicular cancer or lower sperm counts? Why isn't CNN tracking the large number of obese? And I don't mean that as a pun. The 40 plus percent of the U.S. population that is obese, so obese, in fact, that obesity isn't even really an appropriate word anymore. The obese have become the morbidly obese. And the morbidly obese have become the super morbidly obese. These are actual medical terms they use now. You know, it's like small, medium, and large. You can't get a small anymore. Small is a medium. A medium is a large. A large is an extra large. You want an extra large, you get a gallon or more. It's a big gulp. It's a big bucket you bring and you fill it up with soda. There's no such thing as obesity anymore because it's super morbid obesity. Or it's just morbid obesity. Why isn't there a counter, a little ticker, On CNN every night, 43% of the U.S. population is now morbidly obese. Why? 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 I'm going to ask that question over and over again. Why? 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 Well, it's not really profitable. Or at least it would seem so. I mean, I guess you could argue that obesity is very profitable, but the problem is It takes a lot of hard work to not be obese because you have to take responsibility. Some people have legitimate medical conditions and they have thyroid issues and they gain weight and they're obese and it's not directly their fault. So it's a matter of personal decision making of responsibility and sometimes the poor luck of the draw that is life. You can't fix obesity with a drug or a needle, although some companies have and will continue to try to sell products like your typical diet industry weight loss pills. You can't fix obesity with a shot and tell people, look, the obesity's gone because whether the shot works or not, that person's still enormous. Of course, you can't just delete obesity. Even if you go and get liposuction, that doesn't fix the problem. You could develop an obesity shot and give people this shot, but what's it going to do? It's going to be ineffective because even if it fixed the problem that caused the obesity, the person is still obese. It doesn't prevent obesity. It doesn't stop obesity. It doesn't reverse obesity. You have to do that, or you have to seek medical help if you have other existing bodily issues. I was thinking a lot about this because phthalates are well known to be endocrine system disruptors. And the story is published, this article that I have from CNN last week, 
And the studies have been, this, this study has been talked about that CNN is referencing over and over again by news. I, I keep hearing it on the radio. And it's relating to plastic being dangerous and we need to get rid of plastic. So even when there is a legitimate public health concern over something like a phthalate, it's always just reduced to the lowest common denominator, and that is some political perspective on why plastics are bad for the environment, even though paper is far worse. Plastics are bad for the environment. Let's save the planet. Forget about saving ourselves. Let's save the planet because the planet apparently needs to be saved. Maybe we're saving it for some alien race. You ever think of that? Maybe the whole environmental thing is humans are bad. Eliminate yourself. Save the planet. These aliens need the natural resources. These aliens would like to hang out on the beaches and hang out in the woods and hang out in the deserts, and they would like to hang out in the mountains and the valleys. They would like to enjoy the planet without the pesky locals. Maybe that's what this whole thing is. Maybe the whole idea of environmentalism is really just an alien propaganda campaign. I don't know. Here's something that you might not have known. Francis Collins medical doctor, Ph.D., stepped down from the National Institutes of Health back in early October a few weeks ago. You might not have known that because the media was very selective in informing the public that the director of the NIH stepped down. You know, the NIH, that whole group of institutes and that organization, that government agency with uh, that. What's that guy? Dr. Fauci. Dr. Francis Collins stepped down as the NIH, uh, NIH director. Um, he's still at the NIH. He won't be out until sometime this month or by the end of the year, at least. Politico reported this on October 4th. The National Institutes of Health director Francis Collins plans to announce his resignation after nearly three decades at the agency. It's funny that Dr. Collins has decided to leave the NIH, according to Politico and a number of other sources, including the NIH.gov website, considering that just recently, in early September, two of the top officials at the Food and Drug Administration also resigned over the Biden administration's booster shot plan saying it insisted on the policy before the agency approved it. Dr. Marion Gruber, the director of the FDA's Office of Vaccine Research and Review, and her deputy, Dr. Philip Cross, announced back in early September they plan to leave the FDA sometime in October this month, sometime in November, sometime between now and November. First reported by BioCentury, BioCentury News. So why would Francis Collins of the NIH step down around the same time frame, fall 2021, as Dr. Marion Gruber, not just a random FDA exec, but director of the FDA's Office of Vaccines Research and Review, and her deputy stepped down for likely the same reason, Dr. Philip Kraus. Of course, the media, apparently, will do and say anything to disassociate reality from the facts. They will take the facts, they will take the reality, they will rip them apart, and they will 
rudimentarily glue them back together to create their own narrative. This is what's been happening with Southwest Airlines. Maybe you had a flight planned with Southwest Airlines. Too bad. Because Southwest Airlines continues to cancel hundreds and hundreds of flights because there aren't enough pilots and employees. Southwest Airlines had canceled as of last Monday, a week ago today, 350 flights following the previous weekend's series of disruptions that it blamed on, quote, bad weather and air traffic control issues. Yes, the bad weather was in the political climate of Southwest Airlines, and the air traffic control issue was that there probably weren't air traffic controllers. The pilots' union accused the company of a botched response to what it said would have been a minor challenge for other airlines. Why did they cancel these flights? Well, Southwest Airlines said, bad weather, air traffic control issues. These are some of the reasons, but what we can tell you for sure is that it certainly has nothing to do with pilots calling out because they don't want to take a vaccine or other employees calling out because they don't want to take a vaccine. And you see these stories in the news. Hundreds of employees, thousands of employees, health workers, airline workers, school workers, federal workers. They've been fired with no pay. They lost their pension. They've been criticized and attacked. They want to hurt you because they're not taking their vaccines and you learn very quickly, especially if you're aware that there are medical and religious exemptions for these types of things, and that you have rights as a human being and as citizen of the United States of America, you realize really quickly they can't do that. And then you realize even quicker, well, they can do that if most of those people weren't aware of their rights and they just simply refused on the surface and didn't declare their rights, then the companies, then the feds can say, well, you're fired, you're not complying. In order to comply, that means you have to also, if you refuse to comply, declare your exemption, and then that is in compliance with the policy, which must include a right to be exempt. So this is a lot of confusing and disorienting information that we hear from the media. And very few people are willing to take the time to sit and explain it all. And those who are willing might not have very much patience. My patience is wearing thin. It's not because those of you don't understand it. You do understand it. That's why you're probably listening to this show right now. One of the reasons, maybe. It's the other people who wants you to get the vaccine, who just can't comprehend that some people literally can die because of anaphylactic reactions from heart problems. Myocarditis is listed as a side effect of most of these vaccines. Some people honestly can't comprehend that. In fact, I read one study that was quite sickening. It's about uh, United Airlines. And the headline of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, it's one thing to mock COVID vaccine objectors. Must we rob them of their livelihoods too? And the article starts out with this. In an age in which religiosity is waning, 
I'm not sure where they got that information because people are very spiritual today. The notion that a person would forgo a medical treatment, perhaps even a life-saving one, because of sincerely held faith must be difficult to understand. I don't see why that's difficult to understand, just because, let's say, religious beliefs and religiosity is waning. Why would it be hard to understand or difficult to understand that the people that still shared in that faith or those beliefs would have these objections for one reason or another that they are entitled to, that they have a right to declare and be exempt from forced medical treatment. I don't see how that's difficult to understand, but that's the news, whether it's in Texas or it's CNN, always painting a narrative, whether it's Fox News, whether it's MSNBC, it doesn't really matter. It's all about creating a narrative. It's all about painting the reality the color that they wanted. You know that United Airlines had to back off of their mandate? Did you know that? Probably not because you only see it a couple of places online if you're looking for it and know what to type in. I found an NPR article from the 13th of October, earlier last week, midweek. United Airlines must delay its vaccine mandate for workers seeking an exemption. Why? Well, because they have a right to be exempt. A federal judge in Texas ordered United Airlines to temporarily halt its plan to put unvaccinated employees on unpaid leave if they have requested an exemption from the company's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. That was October 13th. And funny enough, a day before that, a federal judge in New York ruled something very similar, but not for airlines, for medical workers, for healthcare workers. A federal judge ruled last Tuesday almost a week ago exactly, that New York State cannot impose a COVID-19 vaccine mandate on healthcare workers without allowing their employers to consider religious exemption requests. And although I've said these aren't requests, these are declarations, I 100% stand by that. They are only requests in the sense that some people don't know what to declare. And so they just simply fly off the handle, I believe in God, I'm not taking a vaccine which I would also argue they have a right to make that statement and they have a right for that statement to be heard. You can judge it how you will, but that's not the proper way to declare your exemption. So if people are doing that kind of thing and they're screaming and cursing at their bosses, maybe that's why they got fired. The people all over the country from federal workers to healthcare workers whether they're in the hospital or private little enterprises, whatever it might be, wherever it might be, have gotten out of their vaccine requirement. How do I know that? Well, because you can read it all online. But I also know that because here at The Secret Teachings, we've helped dozens confirmed, but I've sent out hundreds of templates for school and for work in regards to Vaccine mandates and uh, declarations are declaring your exemption status based on religion. Now, if you have a medical reason, submit that too. Request that too. Although it's not really a submission or request, it's a declaration. Place that into the hands of your employer. Before you do any of that, though, you need to ask them, where is this policy? Let me see the policy. Where is the policy? Let me see that policy. I want to read that policy. If they can't produce the policy, there ain't no policy. 
have them show you the policy and then read the policy very, very clearly. Why? Well, for the same reason that we need to read the news very, very clearly. And I'll give you a great example of why that is. I had a listener email me. His name's Nick. Last name starts with an S. And Nick brought up a really excellent point. I told you on last week's show, one of last week's shows, that the executive order of Joe Biden essentially doesn't exist. That's according to an article from The Federalist on the 7th of October. This listener, Nick S., sent me an email, and he said, is this true? Is this not an executive order? Because he said, I found this executive order in the federalregister.gov document section. And he said, this looks like it's a real executive order. It's not just a press release. He also said that doesn't mean that the legal isn't uh, that the order isn't illegal. And I agree with Nick. But the thing that Nick pointed out was really intriguing to me. So I clicked on the link and lo and behold, there it is. The federal register.gov, a daily journal of the United States government. And there is the executive order one four zero four three of September 9th, 2021. So I wondered, well, how can the Federalist, which is usually a pretty good publication, publish something so incredibly inaccurate? Are they just another news site that doesn't check the details of the facts? And then I realized maybe Nick's point, and maybe Nick didn't even realize this, the order was supposedly signed on September 9th. There was a press release to that effect. I have a copy of it right here. Executive order on requiring coronavirus disease 2019 vaccination for federal employees. Briefing room from the White House. This was September 9th of 2021. And the executive order number 14043 is not listed in this brief at the top. However, this brief was turned into the executive order and it was published on the Federal Register website on the 14th of September, five days after Biden's speech and five days after the press release, a total of seven days after the Federalist article on the mandate that, quote-unquote, doesn't exist. So when Nick sent me this email, I thought, this needs to be announced on the show because we need to be able to understand that there are so many complexities that the average person shuts down and just says, I don't care. I'll do what I'm told. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to stand for what I believe. I give up. I'm here to tell you, don't give up. Nick is 100% right. The executive order is on the Federal Register. But when I did the show last week, I wasn't aware of that. And a lot of other radio shows weren't aware of that. It's not necessarily anybody's fault for not being aware of that, considering that there was no executive order number listed in the original press release that I can see, at least in the copy that I have. It was just simply a press release, a brief from the White House, and it wasn't actually posted as an executive order until five days later. That's really important. 
Five days later, this executive order was posted on the Federal Register. Five days after it was announced, the press release is a press release. They turned the press release into the order that Joe Biden signed. But that's not really the important detail that you need to know. The important detail that you need to know is Section 4 of the press release slash executive order. Section 4, subsection B says this, and this is what you need to know. When you ask your employer, where is the policy? And especially if they say, well, it's an executive order from the president. You say, yes, I have that executive order. I have that press release. Section 4, subsection B, quote, this order shall be implemented consistent with applicable law and subject to the availability of proportions, of appropriations, rather. This order shall be implemented consistent with applicable law and subject to the availability of appropriations. These appropriations are the Americans with Disabilities Act and the Civil Rights Act and your general religious and medical freedoms. Your freedom to believe and worship what you want to believe and worship. Your sincerely held beliefs, observances, and practices. Your faith and your right to bodily autonomy and bodily integrity. Southwest Airlines has had to cancel all these flights because people have refused to go to work. They have refused to participate because of the vaccine. I'm sure there are a few minor details here or there we don't know about, but generally speaking, that's the reason why. As a federal judge in New York has ruled, Judge David Hurd in Albany, New York, the state cannot force healthcare workers to get the vaccine without giving them a religious exemption. They have to allow for the religious exemption. The federal judge has ruled that in New York, and a day later, a federal judge in Texas ruled the same thing about United Airlines, that they have to give the exemptions for the employees. That is really critical information. In New York and Texas, two totally different states, the federal judges in both cases have ruled the same thing, meaning... That federal law, which overrides state law in these matters and in certain other matters, is very much recognized and active, meaning that you cannot force people, whether you're in the airline business or you're in the healthcare business, and I think that's really important because here in New York, in the big cities, you've got a hyper-liberal extremist, I want to do whatever I want to do to your body and you will let me do it to your body because I'm a liberal, And that's how the attitude is here in New York. And in New York, and especially in a healthcare setting where they're happy to give you any drug, any surgery you want, just pay them. In a healthcare setting, in a liberal nightmare state that is New York, a federal judge stepped in, who, by the way, I read was appointed by Bill Clinton, so he might himself be a liberal, and said, You can't do this based on federal law. You have to allow these healthcare workers to have an exemption. And a federal judge said the same thing. In Texas, folks. Now you just have to understand what that exemption is. It's not because you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Jew or a Rastafarian for that matter. It's because you have a sincerely held belief, observance, and practice that prevents you from getting that vaccine. And you have a right to declare that exemption. You have a right to declare that you are exempt 
And you can give a number of reasons. You can give one or two reasons. You can simply say, because of this, I'm exempt. And your employer does have a right to ask you more information, but keep it simple. Keep it reliant upon the definition of religion, observance, practice, and belief. And if you need to, get the note notarized. And I can tell you firsthand, hospitals all across the United States, governments that are local all across the United States, have allowed paramedics, firefighters, healthcare workers, nurses, doctors to be exempt. The stories you see in the news are people that don't fully understand what their rights are, don't fully understand how to word such an exemption. It doesn't work in every single case. Sometimes you might have to get a lawyer. Sometimes people do illegal things regardless of what the law is. But when the law is enforced, as it has been in New York and has been in Texas, against healthcare mandates, against airlines or healthcare worker mandates, and against airlines, airline workers, and they're protected under federal law. This is a great thing. This is really good news. And people need to be informed of this. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. I still have those exemption templates. I'm not a lawyer, but these templates, if you adjust them to your beliefs and your situation, they might just be able to help you. I also have an amendment on masks, social distancing, and other things. www.thesecretteachings.info. Email us rdgable at yahoo.com. There's a lot more coming up after this on The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. Lighting the void with the secret teachings of all ages. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something very interesting with you. It's no mistake that the CDC began recommending masks in April of 2020 and that people immediately had trouble adapting or breathing just a few weeks before George Floyd died in Minneapolis. After his death, people began chanting, I can't breathe on May 26th. It's no mistake that in June, this man with black skin who had been turned into a god was placed into a golden coffin, a real-life reenactment of the killing of Osiris in Egyptian myth. It's no coincidence the same month that this took place in the Twin Cities, a Twin Summit was taking place with the World Economic Forum, the implications of which we look at on The Secret Teachings. 
And these are the patterns and observations that we make on the show five nights a week, broadcasting on the Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. So are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhance and improve sound quality, edit others, offer processing, slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loud measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast to audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. What are you doing on Wednesdays? I want to invite you to join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where I provide commentary and invite guests on to talk about UAPs, conspiracies, current events, nature of reality, consciousness, and of course, the paranormal. Listen to The Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific. 9 p.m. Eastern here on the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after Lighting the Void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world here on the Fringe FM and the secretteachings.info. This is the Secret Teachings. I am your host, Ryan Gable. And if you'd like to contact me, the email is rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. You can send us anything that you'd like at that email, rdgable at yahoo.com. 
You can find us also on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. Find us on Patreon. Become a patron today for behind the scenes videos. I just put up some fun videos of myself and fiance out bowling the other night. And uh, I don't know if that's the kind of thing you want to see, but showing you behind the scenes videos here in studio and what it's like uh, to live a life basically consumed by this kind of research. And uh, if you want to see something specific as a patron, just email us and let us know. That's what you get as a patron of The Secret Teachings. You can also, on the website, subscribe to the archive for all the shows, all the montages, and all of my books in digital form. It's a weekly, monthly, or yearly subscription, which is the best deal. Some people do the weekly or the monthly so that they can consistently support the show. Other people try to get a discount which is what I encourage you to do because you get the most for your dollar. $50 one year, access to all the shows, all the montages, the digital books, and you get a physical copy of one of my books, your choice. That's a physical copy of one of, one of my books, your choice, for free with free shipping in the United States. It's 50 bucks for all of that. These are giant books, too from Occult Arcana to the Technological Elixir, or maybe you're interested in Food Philosophy, a book that I wrote extensively about everything from geoengineering to food colorings to pet food to what exactly disease theory is all about. I have a little section on poison and how poison is defined as a substance capable of causing illness or death to a living organism. It can be introduced into the body. It can be absorbed into the body. The definition of a poison is very similar to that of a disease. It relates to some type of disorder, some type of symptom as a result of exposure, except in the case of diseases as they relate to viral contagions or particulates or bacterial particulates or just bacterium in general, A lot of times, there's only a casual relationship found between these two things. Poison, however, is something we can find a direct relationship to. For example, we know that something like a phthalate interferes with the endocrine system. We know that phthalates can cause reproductive harm. We know that phthalates can cause premature death. According to a recent study published last week, Almost 100,000 people or more a year die between the ages of 55 and 64 due to phthalate exposure. However, let's be fair because 55, 64 years old, that age range is a small age range. That's a small age range from 55 to 64, about nine years. That's a lot of people that have died. Did they all die of phthalates? Probably not. Phthalates could have greatly contributed to their death which was also caused by a number of other things, including things like obesity and things like asthma and cardiovascular disease, things that are also directly in general for the general public associated with phthalates or linked to phthalates, a stronger connection than just association or a casual relationship. But these are things that are caused by environmental pollutants. These are things that are caused by maybe genetic distortions, things that are caused by diet, lifestyle, personal choices. There's a lot that goes in to ill health, as much as there is a lot that goes into being well. This study on phthalates that came out last week 
focuses on how dangerous the phthalates are and how phthalates are found in things from shampoo to plastic. And because they're found in plastic, and plastic is something that we use so much of, and it's so dangerous, the phthalates are plastic, therefore, is the real enemy. Plastic should be eliminated, at least according to lead author Dr. Leonardo Trasande, professor of pediatrics and environmental medicine and pollution at NYU Langone Health in New York City. We know that phthalates are dangerous to the body. We know that they are dangerous to children. We know that they are dangerous to adults. We know that they interfere with the endocrine system. We know all these things. The new spin is that, of course, it's plastic that's causing so many environmental problems. It's not something that CNN feels the need to put up a little ticker every night on the news that says phthalate deaths, phthalate exposure. Maybe you're tired of hearing the word phthalate. Let's talk about something else. How about something like BPA? How about something like parabens? I mean, we could go through a long list. How about mercury? How about lead? How about arsenic? The list goes on and on and on and on. Things that we are exposed to in maybe small doses, maybe small quantities that, of course, accumulate or bioaccumulate. And when you hear things like, well, exposure to very small amounts of this or that doesn't really cause that much harm because look at this amount. It's a very, very, very small amount. It's not really that harmful. But what happens if you're exposed to it every day? What happens if you are constantly in the presence of whatever that chemical or substance might be? Don't you think that might cause more damage? Don't you think that that might cause some problems to the body? I mean, for example, there's a difference between ethyl mercury and methyl mercury. According to the EPA, exposure to methyl mercury most commonly occurs when people eat kinds of fish and shellfish that have high levels of methyl mercury in their tissue. For infants, the EPA says, infants in the womb can be exposed to methylmercury when their mothers eat fish and shellfish that contain methylmercury. This exposure can adversely affect unborn infants' growing brains and nervous systems. These systems may be more vulnerable to methylmercury than the brains and nervous systems of adults. Well, of, of course, because they're, they're developing. <laughs> so, methylmercury and ethylmercury. But there's a difference between the two. In fact, the CDC acknowledges this on their website in relation to vaccines. Interestingly enough, they say to reassure safety, you know, of course, that the, that the thimerosal is safe. The CDC says, with a little asterisk next to it, if you go down and you read what that asterisk said, it says thimerosal has a different form of mercury, ethyl mercury, than the kind that causes mercury poisoning, methylmercury. Well, all mercury causes mercury poisoning, but methylmercury will cause mercury poisoning quicker. It's safe to use ethylmercury in vaccines because it's processed differently in the body and it's less likely to build up in the body and because it's used in tiny amounts. That's what the CDC says about mercury on their website in relation to thimerosal in vaccines. This tells you that the CDC acknowledges what so many call a conspiracy theory, that there is mercury in some vaccines. But that's not really even the point. The point is, thimerosal, ethylmercury, they say doesn't really cause mercury poisoning because methylmercury 
is absorbed as ethylmercury is differently in the body. What does all this mean to you? Maybe you think it's just rambling. What it means, though, what it should mean to you is that when the CDC acknowledges that thimerosal is in vaccines and thimerosal, and this has nothing to do with COVID, by the way, the thimerosal is a kind of mercury, it is mercury, then they try to say, well, it's not the same kind of mercury as this other mercury and it's absorbed differently, so it's less likely to build up, but it still builds up, right? And because it's used in tiny amounts is irrelevant because when you get multiple vaccines, you get larger doses of the mercury. So in one vaccine, it might be okay, but when you're getting 36, 40, 45 over how many years, that adds up pretty quick. Not to mention if you are eating fish, not to mention if you are exposing yourself to food dyes, if you're exposing yourself to things that have these types of heavy metals and pollutants and toxins and poisons in them. It builds up rapidly. But sure, one piece of fish one time won't hurt. Consistently do it, and you're probably going to suffer some neurological damage, known or unknown. Add in other contributing factors, and you've got a recipe for disaster. This is the lack of context that we have for virtually every component and every aspect of our health across the board. I don't care if you're talking about vaccines, you're talking about the kind of fish you like to eat, or you're talking about the kind of water you drink, especially, depending on where you live, if you purify it or not. But this is a lot to take in. This is a lot to think about. This is a lot to consider. So when the FDA has two top officials leave, Marion Gruber, the doctor, and Philip Krauss, the deputy to Marion Gruber, the director of the FDA's Office of Vaccines Research and Review, the obvious reason is because, as they tell you themselves, they were uncomfortable with the vaccine mandate for boosters by the Biden administration. Does the media report this? Kind of, maybe, partially, inaccurately, in a misleading way? Suggesting that, nah, they just kind of wanted, to, they just decided to retire. It really had nothing to do with the boosters. Same thing with Dr. Francis Collins. Maybe you're not familiar with Dr. Francis Collins. And before I tell you about Dr. Francis Collins, you should probably know that Dr. Marion Gruber and Dr. Philip Krauss Top vaccine researchers and reviewers at the FDA stepped down back in early September. Dr. Francis Collins stepped down in early October. They're still with the agencies as far as I know. They will be stepping down physically from their role by the end of the year, but they've announced that they have, I'm not sure what amounts to a, a two-week notice, but they've announced they are stepping down. Dr. Francis Collins announced he is stepping down by the end of the year. Dr. Francis Collins, well, he's the director of the NIH, the National Institutes of Health. What are the chances of two top FDA officials and the director of the NIH stepping down around the same time at the end of the year when we have forced vaccine mandates, when people are losing their jobs, when religious liberties and medical liberties are being ignored, mocked, laughed at, ridiculed, criticized, made fun of, disregarded, ignored, etc. You think maybe, just maybe, these people have a conscience. Maybe they've decided, even if they don't have a conscience, that this isn't really worth the risk of eventually being sued or prosecuted for crimes against humanity. That was a thought that I had. And, of course, mainline news articles all over the Internet are fact-checking such a thought. 
Did the FDA officials step down? The Internet says FDA officials stepped down to avoid prosecution. Is that true? Maybe. But that's not what the news articles say. When you read those news articles, they're like, top FDA officials didn't actually step down. They're still at the FDA, and they didn't step down because of they're trying to avoid prosecution. They didn't step down at all. They're still working there. It's just like it's just a manipulation of minute details to muddy the waters and to confuse you, to create so much confusion that nobody knows what's going on. Forget it. I give up. It's too much. Just I'll do what you tell me to do. Just shut up and leave me alone. very keen listener of the secret teachings uh, named Nick. His last name is S. I appreciate Nick emailing me this. Thank you, Nick. He pointed out that something I uh, read on radio last week was, he didn't say it was inaccurate. He just was wondering, he said, can, can you like access the federal register? And he sent me a link to it. And, um, and I had not responded to Nick uh, until this weekend and this is also, you know, part of my response here here on air. But Nick made a really good point. He said, you know, you you guys were talking about how this mandate from the president is not really a mandate. It's not an executive order. It's a press release. And yeah, when I look it up, it is a press release, September 9th, 2021. And it doesn't have the number of the executive order. But as Nick pointed out, it's in the Federal Register. What Nick didn't point out, which is what I noticed when Nick sent me this link, is that Although the executive order is in the Federal Register, it wasn't put in the Federal Register until the 14th of September. So although the so-called executive order might have been an executive order, technically, it also technically was not. It was just a press release. Five days after the press release, it was placed in the Federal Register. At least that's what I'm looking at here on the government's website, the 14th of September. That's important. It's a really important point, because if it wasn't put into the register until the 14th, then technically when the press release came out, it wasn't an actual executive order. And then you have the Federalist reporting on October 7th that it's just a press release. But then you can actually click in the Federal Register, and you can find the PDF of the executive order. If you click on PDF to the right of the page, if anybody wants to see this, I'll send it to you. And you should have a copy of this executive order. Why? Well, because it has some pertinent information in it. For example, the executive order says section four, subsection number or letter B. The order shall be implemented consistent with applicable law and subject to the availability of appropriations, meaning the ADA, meaning Civil Rights Act, meaning federal law, religious liberties, medical liberties, etc. They don't say that, but that's what it means. I know that's what it means because a federal judge in New York just ruled only a few days ago, on the 12th of October, David Hurd, Albany, New York. We talked about him before because he had halted the enforcement of the mandate from the governor of New York. And now the judge has ruled that the state's workplace vaccination requirement conflicted with healthcare workers' federally protected right to seek religious accommodations from their employers. Likewise, United Airlines, they're trying to force their employees to get a vaccine. A federal judge in Texas ordered United Airlines to temporarily halt its plan to put unvaccinated employees 
uh, employees on unpaid leave if they have requested an exemption from the company's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. That's important to know. A federal judge in Texas and a federal judge in New York. The federal judge in Texas will likewise rule with what the federal judge in New York ruled. The rule of law. Meanwhile, Southwest Airlines is watching their company stock plummet as they continue to cancel flights because of bad weather and air traffic control issues. The bad weather is bad political weather. It's air traffic controllers that probably aren't showing up to work, pilots that aren't showing up to work because they're saying we're not going to participate in this. So what does all this mean? Because it's really confusing. Top FDA officials stepping down, the head of the NIH is stepping down, or at least one of the directors of the NIH is stepping down. There's a fake White House set that they're doing videos in and giving Biden a vaccine in. And although it might not have been built for the vaccine, as the news claims to fact check, there is still a fake White House set that Biden is given spe- giving speeches from. And there's all this confusion about approved vaccines. The bottom line is this. If your employer says, get a vaccine, you say, let me see the policy. If they quote the executive order, you go into that executive order, section four. Look at subsection B. That order is only valid if it doesn't interfere with your declaration of rights as protected by federal law. And what are those rights as protected by federal law? You have a religious right. You have a right to be exempt for religious reasons. That doesn't mean because you're a Christian. What does it mean by definition based on the law? Well, it means that you have a sincerely held religious belief, observance, or practice. So you don't have to be a Christian. Keep your letter, your declaration short. 42 U.S. Code, Section 2000E, Definition, Subsection J of that section. The term religion includes all aspects of religious observances and and practice, as well as belief. That's the actual law. That's the definition in the law. Now, unless you go in and say, I'm a Christian, F you, I don't have to do what you tell me to do, I'm all about it, but that won't get you your religious exemption. You have to declare it to be in line with their policy that they have a right to enact, and then they have a right to ask you other additional questions. As long as you don't try to wing it, if you will, just stick to the details, stick to the facts. I have some of these exemption templates. I've helped people all over the country. Email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. I'll hook you up with a school one, with a work one. I know most of those mandates are already passed, but I'm still getting emails trickle in of people that their businesses haven't done this yet or their schools haven't done this. I also have an amendment on masks and social distancing and weekly testing as a condition of declaring your religious exemption, which I don't believe they can do that. I haven't seen what the courts have said, but I do know in places like Arizona, you can opt out of weekly testing with religious exemptions. So if you can do it in Arizona, I'm pretty sure that it's the same thing with all 50 states because they're still putting something into the body that is violating your bodily autonomy and bodily integrity. So you shouldn't have to get the swab any more than you should have to get the vaccine. Bottom line, period. And they're making this all about all about how it's not about freedom, it's about health. Joe Biden said something real disturbing when he announced his executive order. Real disturbing. Here's what he said. I'm going to play the brief clip for you. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. Did you hear that? 
We're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. How does that make any sense at all? We're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated workers. That makes zero sense. That makes zero sense. Zero sense. Zero sense. In the talk Biden gave on the 9th of September, a month ago, when he was discussing this mandate, he said, you know, businesses need to appeal to people's individual views. Appeal to the person as an individual. And he's asking the public to consider that there's nothing else to think about. We've given you all the information. It's approved by the FDA. It's safe. It's effective. It's free. What more do you want, Joe Biden says? What more is element in this critical effort? My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free, safe, and convenient. The vaccine is FDA approval. It's FDA approval. They're safe. They're convenient. They're free. Just words that you keep repeating like the AMA's winter edition of how to communicate these ideas in this rhetoric to the public like the NIH's and Yale University and clinicaltrial.gov's vaccine messaging to appeal to the individual. They're just using psychology. They're not using science. Comirnaty is approved by the FDA. In fact, I have the BLA for it, the Biological License Application Approval. And it says that you may label your product with the proprietary name Comirnaty. According to the fact sheet for Comirnaty and the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, the licensed vaccine has the same formulation as the EUA-authorized vaccine, and the product can be used interchangeably to provide the vaccination series without presenting any safety or effectiveness concerns. However, that's not the point. The point is what is legal. And the FDA says that in order to have the vaccine approved, And the FDA says that in order for the vaccine to be approved, you have to have it labeled as Comirnaty. So if your employer says, get it, you say, show me the policy. You declare your religious exemption and or your medical exemption. Religion is a lot easier if you sincerely have those beliefs, though. If they keep pushing or if you'd like to take a different approach, you say, here is the biological license application for the vaccine. Comirnaty is the approved vaccine. So if you'd like me to get the approved vaccine, show me where I can get Comirnaty. And maybe they show you a drugstore. I called some drugstores, and they told me Comirnaty is the same as the Pfizer-BioNTech shot. And I said, well, technically they say it's the same in the fact sheet, but they also separate it by definition, and the biological license application says that that shot is, has to be labeled community for it to be quote-unquote approved. Otherwise, it's still emergency use authorization, and it is illegal for them to force you to get an emergency use authorization shot or anything for that matter against your will and your right to opt out of it for any reason, let alone medical or religion. So, what does that tell us? There's a fast one being pulled. A lot of fast ones. And they're mostly being pulled by people who don't know, who don't know any better. Who are confused, bewildered, dumbfounded, terrified, scared, fearful. We need to bring and inject, no pun intended, some common sense 
and some reason into the conversation. I'm going to do that and play some more of these clips in the next and final segment here on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, rdgable at yahoo.com. Check us out on Patreon. Go to Patreon, The Secret Teachings, behind-the-scenes videos, and more. Subscribe to the archive, buy a book, support the show, keep us on air five nights a week, and we will continue to bring you this kind of information Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe. Stay with us. your host Ryan Gable and you are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio broadcasting Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM Saturday mornings 9 a.m. Pacific time on aftermath.fm a separate network but we do promote the Fringe over there as much as we promote them over here if you'd like to contact the show rdgable at yahoo.com and the website www.thesecretteachings.info, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, and Patreon. Please go to Patreon, become a patron today, get behind the scenes videos and more. Grab one of our books, subscribe to the archive. It all supports the show and doesn't just help to keep us on air, it does keep us on air five nights a week. And the music tonight White Bat Audio. That's White Bat Audio. On YouTube, go check out White Bat Audio. A lot of synth music and other stuff there that they put out pretty much every week. It's White Bat Audio on YouTube. This last segment, I want to spend breaking down in a concise and clear way much of what we've discussed tonight. And I want to hit each point consistently and consecutively so that we can end this segment I can get my thoughts out, I can get this information out, and then you can take this information, you can take this clip, this segment, and you can share it with those who might need something like this summarized auditorily rather than looking at documents and pieces of paper and the internet and things like that. Let's break it down like this. Two FDA officials in early September announced that they were stepping down from the FDA. Dr. Marion Gruber, director of the FDA's Office of Vaccines Research and Review, and her deputy, Dr. Philip Krauss. They planned to leave the FDA in October this month and or November next month. This was first reported by BioCentury. And this has been in mainline news. Two of these FDA officials are leaving, but not just any officials, the director and the deputy director of Vaccines Research and Review. The reason? Because the Biden administration is pushing booster shots despite the FDA not approving of those shots. In fact, it's almost as if that non-approval, that vote back in September, 
was non-existent, or it might as well have been completely in favor of booster shots. Because states and the federal government just keep pushing them forward. Boosters, 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 boosters. That doesn't make a lot of sense why you would need a booster if the shot was so great to begin with. Maybe it's because of what Joe Biden, the president of the United States, said last month when he supposedly signed his executive order mandating COVID-19 vaccines for 100 million Americans. Here's what he said. The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. We're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. Try to figure that out. You got the vaccine, but you need to be protected by the federal government, by federal mandates from those who are unvaccinated. And in that video, in that speech that he stumbles and bumbles all the way through from beginning to end, because he can't speak, he can barely read, he says that businesses should appeal to the person. And if you haven't gotten a shot, what more do you want? What more can we do to convince you they're free? They're safe. They're effective. They've been studied. They've been analyzed. They've been looked at. What is your problem? Just take it. What more do you want? The message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free, safe, and convenient. The vaccine is FDA approval. Over 200 million Americans have gotten at least one shot. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us. So please do the right thing. But just don't take it from me. Listen to the voices of unvaccinated Americans who are lying in hospital beds, taking their final breath, saying, if only I'd gotten vaccinated. Yes, because that's happening every day, of course. People are going to the hospitals and they're saying, oh, my God, if I'd have only gotten the vaccine, I wouldn't be dying right now. The heart disease doesn't matter. The cancer doesn't matter. The chemotherapy doesn't matter. The years of pharmaceutical drugs don't matter. The years of drinking and cigarette smoking don't matter. The years of stress and anxiety and worry and fear and tension, those things don't matter. Just you happen to catch a viral particulate that hasn't been identified or isolated still from anything I've seen that hasn't even been directly confirmed to cause a disease. And that's why you're on your deathbed dying. But that's really neither here nor there. The point is, Joe Biden said, what more do you want? They're safe. They're effective. They're convenient. They're free. What more do you want or need to hear to get that vaccine? They're safe. Well, they're safe for me or they're safe for other people because Joe Biden said that we have to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. And what upside down, bizarre world does that make any sense? The bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. We're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated co-workers. How does that make any sense at all? Think about that for a second too long, and you might have an aneurysm. But that was back in 
September, September 9th, 2021, a little over a month ago. And it was that day that Joe Biden announced his vaccine mandate. There's a press release put out by the White House about this executive order. And there's been some recent confusion about that executive order. The confusion comes because I think mostly due to an article from The Federalist on October 7th, 2021, about the Joe Biden vaccine mandate not actually existing, that it's just a press release. Now, barring any technicalities, on September 9th, it was a press release. On the 14th of September, however, that press release was turned into an executive order number 14043 and listed on the federalregister.gov, the Daily Journal of the United States Government National Archives. And you can go there and see that it was published on the 14th. So, maybe it's a simple mistake at the Federalist. It's a simple mistake because the mandate was uploaded on the 14th. It was announced on the 9th, and at that time it was just a press release. Regardless, however, we know that this is an executive order, 14043. Now it's important to look at what the executive order says. The executive order says, under general provisions, section 4, and it's not very long to read, subsection B under section 4, This order shall be implemented consistent with applicable law and subject to the availability of appropriations. That means that just because it's an executive order doesn't mean that it's a law, doesn't mean you're going to get your skull bashed in if you don't do it, doesn't mean that you have to do it regardless of what other laws say, regardless of your personal, religious, sincerely held beliefs and services practices, your medical conditions. A lot of people think, well, the president said it. I must have to do it. I have to move in direct and absolute compliance with what the president said. The president is not the legislative branch. The president doesn't make laws. The president can sign executive orders. But the president doesn't make a law. And there are certain things that government in general cannot force you to do. So... Government is instituted to protect the rights of the people, not to determine what those rights are, in essence. You can expand on those rights, but not contract on those rights. What exactly is this executive order, then? And how exactly do you go about dealing with this at your place of employment? Over the last couple of months, I've been sending out exemption templates for workplaces and for schools, I've now added an amendment to these templates. And they're not something that you want to send the whole thing in. It's just a general overview of if I were submitting or declaring one. I like the word declare, not submit. But if I were declaring one, this is exactly what I would say. For you, though, if you're looking to go to your employer or go to your enrollment department at your school and you need to comply with their policy... That doesn't mean you have to get the vaccine. That means you have options to opt out of it if you choose, religious or medical. 
So if you're going to declare a religious exemption, you need to understand what the laws are that allow you to do this in league with the rights of the business and the employer. The employer can make it a policy, but you have a right to opt out. If you opt out, though, which is your right, the employer has a right to ask you more details. So you have to be careful how you go about opting out. You can't just say, Jesus is my Savior, F you. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to fly. Doesn't matter if you're right. Doesn't matter if you're making a, a factual statement about your beliefs. You didn't fill out the proper paperwork, essentially. So you have to declare that exemption. If you take my advice, not as an attorney or a lawyer, I would say keep it simple. I would say, from what I've experienced with others, get that letter notarized and then give it to the employer. Keep a documented paper trail of everything. But before you even get to that point, ask for the policy. Tell your school, I want to see the policy. If this is a policy and you're forcing me to do this as a condition of enrollment, I want to see the policy now. Don't direct me to some obscure website I have to go and research for 10 hours. I want to see the policy right now. You tell your employer, I want to see the policy right now. I want to see it from corporate, HR. I want to see the policy right now. Show me the policy. I'd recommend not being aggressive like that because you're, you, you might get fired. But, <laughs> but just, you want the policy. Once you get the policy, go through it, see what it says. Maybe it's based on the executive order, which gives you these options, these rights that you have that you have to declare that the order has to be implemented consistent with applicable law and subject to the availability of appropriations. That would be the Americans with Disabilities Act and the Civil Rights Act and other similar statutes and laws that protect you. Protect your religious liberty, protect your bodily integrity and bodily autonomy. So get the policy, read through it, see what the policy is, what the policy says, and then declare you have this exemption. Federal judges have already ruled from Louisiana to Michigan at a medical college and for a sporting team that students could not be forced out of school, could not be unenrolled, could not be forced off the team, I believe it was a soccer team in Michigan, for not having the vaccine if they had declared their religious liberty as an objection. The courts ruled in relief, the judges ruled in relief, and these were federal judges of the students. They were allowed to stay in school, and they were allowed to stay on the team. A federal judge also ruled in New York temporarily that the health care worker mandate from the governor of this state of New York that I am unfortunately in was to be halted temporarily. On October 12th, however, last week, that same judge ruled that the state's workplace vaccination requirement conflicted with health care workers' federally protected right to seek religious accommodations from their employers. In other words, you can implement the policy, but people have to be given those exemptions. That's federal law. A federal judge in Texas a day later on the 13th of October ruled the same thing. It's a temporary ruling, a halt on United Airlines and their plan to not only require the vaccine, but to put employees on unpaid leave if they requested an exemption. You don't get to place employees on unpaid leave for declaring their religious rights. They get to keep working, or you're going to pay them to put them on leave. 
these are the rights that you have. This is, this is what federal judges are ruling from Texas, which is a much more open and free state, to places like the authoritarian nightmare that is New York. A wonderful liberal place where you have free speech and free expression and you can do whatever you want anytime you want. It's very liberal. Except you have to do exactly what the liberals tell you to do when they tell you to do it. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Or I guess you can't even say yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. More like yes, they. Yes, Zay or Z or whoever, whatever it is anymore. I don't know. Federal judges are ruling this because this is the law, period. Joe Biden also said his first responsibility as president, his first responsibility is keeping Americans safe. First responsibility. My first responsibility as president is to protect the American people and make sure we have enough vaccine for every American. That's uh, not what the first responsibility of the president is. If you'd like to read what the first responsibility of the president is, you can read Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution signed in Convention 17 of September 1787, ratified in June of 1788. Article 2, Executive Branch. The executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States of America. I know I'm splitting hairs here, but the simple fact that people think, oh, the president explicitly has the authority to keep everybody safe. People actually think that. That's not what the presidential executive authority is to keep people safe from COVID-19. Executive authority is to be a balance between the legislative and the judicial. It's part of the balancing of government. To the vaccine itself, however, ask for that policy. See what you're working with. Then declare your religious exemption. Federal judges have already ruled you have to give people this exemption. So long as it is applicable and doesn't produce an undue hardship. If there is an undue hardship, the business needs to prove that undue hardship. You see the back and forth between you have a right to declare it, the business has a right to look at it and ask for more information, you have a right to be vague because your beliefs might not be institutional and dogma. The business might have a right to say, well, this produces an undue hardship, but then they have to prove that undue hardship. It's back and forth, back and forth. The law protects everybody. So... This is what the federal judges have ruled. You also need to wonder if your employer understands that there's only one approved vaccine. One. Just one. It's Comirnaty. According to the biological license application from the FDA, BL125742 forward slash zero, BioNTech Manufacturing, Pfizer, Inc., According to the FDA, the BLA, the Biological License Application, says you may label your product with the proprietary name Comernity and market it in 2.0 milliliter glass vials in packages of 25 and 195 vials. Comernity is the approved vaccine. Can you find Comernity? Call around. I've called around. I can't find it. I've been told Comernity is the same thing According to the CDC, as the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, one's approved, one's not. Well, how can an approved vaccine be on the market with the same formula as the unapproved vaccine and the unapproved vaccine not be pulled yet? I'm pretty sure that's illegal. 
I'm pretty sure that Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and all the others have to pull all the emergency use authorization vaccines if there is an approved vaccine on the market. So if Comirnaty is truly on the market, all the other EUAs should be pulled. And businesses should not threaten employees that you have to go get one of these shots as a condition of employment or continued employment or enrollment or unenrollment in school because those vaccines are not approved. They're all emergency use authorization. and You have a right under the Federal Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act to reject that medical treatment. I don't care if it's free, safe, effective, inconvenient. You have a right to reject it. It doesn't matter what the reasoning is. The reasoning is irrelevant. Don't let them convince you otherwise. The fact sheet for these vaccines explicitly separates the vaccines into Comirnaty and Pfizer-BioNTech. And it says the licensed vaccine has the same formulation as the EUA-authorized vaccine, and the products can be interchangeably used to provide the vaccine series without presenting any safety or effectiveness concerns. What they're telling you here is the EUA is the same and the community is the same as the EUA and the community. They're the same thing. But legally speaking, they're not the same thing because the unapproved vaccine isn't labeled community, which is what the FDA said has to be the label, the proprietary name, according to the biological license application for it to be quote-unquote approved. So yes, they've approved it, but if you can't find that product, it's not approved, it's still emergency use authorization. So again, you have to ask for the policy. Then you have to declare what it is that you're declaring. Religious exemption, medical exemption. Religion exemptions are a little bit easier, I think, because if you sincerely hold these beliefs as defined by federal law, it's a lot more vague than an explicit medical issue. However, you can declare both of them, which if you have both of those sincerely, you should probably declare both of them. And according to federal judges, ruling that you can't put employees on unpaid leave when they've requested an exemption, and you have to give employees the right to have that exemption, you, and I'm talking to you listening right now in your car, in your bed, on the porch, headphones, speakers, Bluetooth, whatever, you have a right to be exempt. So yeah, the executive order of the president was a press release. Now it's in the Federal Register. And it was published five days after the press release. So it caused some confusion. But if you read the executive order, it says that, in essence, you have a right to opt out because the order can only be implemented if it is aligned with applicable law. And those are the applicable laws that the judge in Texas and that the judge in New York, both federal judges, have ruled against United Airlines temporarily and against the state of New York directly in making sure that employees had to either be paid for their leave or they have to remain employed until the exemption is accepted or denied. And in New York, they have to have that exemption as a condition of the mandate. So if you ask for the policy and you go through the mandate of the business or the federal executive order, the number for that order, 14043, and you read the options to opt out and you look at the federal judge's ruling, it's all in your favor. If you don't want the shot, that is. 
No one said it'll be easy. No one said it'll be clean, clear, cut, and simple. Some places it will be. Other places it won't be. But when they're telling you you have to get this shot, it's approved. Not necessarily. Comirnaty is approved. And yeah, the pharmacist might say, well, it's the same thing according to the CDC. Well, no, it's not. According to the company that manufactures it, according to the biological license application, it might be the same formulation. But if it were the same thing, then legally they have to pull the emergency use authorization. You can't have an emergency use authorization vaccine that isn't labeled under the appropriate legal definition as given by the FDA under the biological license application. If it's not labeled with that, you can't have an EUA sold as the approved vaccine. That's illegal. And they can't force you to take an EUA. Even if it's approved, they still can't force you to take it. But if you want to go further down that route, if your employer wants to go further down that route, here's the BLA. I can't find community anywhere. I can't find the approved vaccine. And under the Federal Food and Drug and Cosmetic Act, you have a right to refuse on basic principle, a basic human right, emergency use authorization, medical treatments, etc. The same goes for masks, which aren't even authorized under EUA anymore. It's a one-size-fits-all policy applying medical devices to people's faces. Just knowing the short-term consequences, psychologically and physiologically and biologically, they're dangerous, let alone the long-term consequences of doing it every single day, almost eight or nine hours a day, depending on how long you work. So you have to understand all this and fight back with information. Now, I called a pharmacist and I asked, a big pharmacy here in Rochester, and he said, that's the same thing as the CDC. Says That's what it says, the same thing. Comirnaty, Pfizer. Well, then why is Comirnaty listed on the BLA and the Pfizer is not? Oh, because it's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. It has to legally be listed Comirnaty. And the pharmacist didn't know, and he probably, as an honest guy, had no idea. I talked to lawyers. I talked to pharmacists. I talked to doctors. talked to nurses. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. But here's the BLA. Here's the biological license application from the FDA. Comirnaty, you have to have that Comirnaty on the label or it's not approved. So what they're doing is they're literally using experimental unapproved vaccines, claiming that they're the approved vaccines, and forcing people to get them as a condition of employment. I'd imagine the average person doesn't even know that just Comirnaty was approved, even if it was the same thing, even if it was Pfizer, that these other vaccines aren't approved. So people are saying, well, I guess I'll go out and I'll choose Johnson & Johnson over Pfizer, even though it's unapproved. And you're going to go take it as a condition of employment. That's illegal if they're forcing you to do it. The coercion, the lack of informed consent. We need new Nuremberg trials now. We need people to go through a process just like the Nuremberg trial, where I didn't know what was going on, and I was just following orders, don't cut it. We need some necks to break after a proper trial, literally and symbolically. We need people held accountable for this. But it's not actually as bad as it might sound, because... The law and the rule of law is on your side. That's what the federal judges are ruling. So get that policy. Declare that medical and or religious exemption. Stand by it. Your sincerely held beliefs are protected by law. 
depending on what the policy is, depending on what they say about the declaration, understand that Comirnaty is the approved vaccine. The Pfizer is not. And when they say it's the same thing, you say, yes, it is the same formulation, but legally it's not the same thing. Legally, if you don't have a religious or a medical exemption, they can only force you as a condition of something to get the community. If it is actually community, if it's approved, the other EUAs need to be removed from the market. There's still emergency use authorization under the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. They cannot force you to take it. You have a right to say, eh, I'm opting out of it. Same thing for masks. It's a medical device, a one-size-fits-all medical process, medical device that's being put onto your face, unregulated, unmitigated, all day, every day, at your place of employment or your school. And this is the information that people need to hear. This is the information people need to know to make truly informed decisions. And if you have any questions about that, contact a lawyer. I guarantee you they'll tell you the exact same thing I'm telling you. And lawyers can be expensive, so if you think you are working with some reasonable people, contact me. I'll get you hooked up with an exemption template. I'm not a lawyer. I can't guarantee it works, but I can guarantee you that it has worked with other people. Adjust it to what you need. Exemption templates. I can send you one of those. rdgable at yahoo.com. I'm willing to help in any way that I can because I have a sincere belief that you have a right to your bodily integrity, you have a right to your bodily autonomy, you have a right to your religious beliefs, or your lack of religious beliefs. You have a right to preserve your well-being, and you have a right to inform other people, and a right not to be terrorized and coerced and manipulated and targeted for your beliefs and for your decisions. I'm Ryan Gable, this is The Secret Teachings, And that's what we try to do here on The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. Subscribe to the archive, get access to everything. The montages, the books, everything. And for one year, you get a physical copy of one of my books for free with free shipping in the U.S. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Check us out on Patreon. Pro One Water Filters on the website, the link. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.